You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is happening? You guys know the deal by now. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. It's your boy, your host, Sosa Kremenjas. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of this Locked On Rams pod, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to the Thursday edition of this podcast. I appreciate you guys for tuning back in with me. And today's episode is going to be an interesting one. We're going to cover three very fascinating topics here. We're going to continue our positional review series. In the first segment, we're going to dive into the offensive line after covering Everything prior to the offensive line, these skill positions, this is going to be our last positional group on the offensive side of the ball. In the second segment, we're going to talk about a player that could potentially find his way onto the free agent market, according to some interesting news today, one that I think would be an absolute home run addition for the Rams, and we're going to talk about how they may be able to work that out. And then in the final segment, we're going to go over a three-round mock draft from from my co-worker Kyle Krabs over at Locked On Dolphins. He wrote a three-round mock for his other job at the Draft Network. And obviously the Rams have three picks in those first three rounds. So we're going to dissect those selections in that last segment. To begin, I did mention that we are going to continue our positional review series here. And we're going to go with the offensive line, the big uglies, the hog mollies, the guys up front that make everything else go. They got a pass block for the quarterback. They got to open holes for the running game. Ultimately, these five guys are arguably your most important players on offense outside of the quarterback position. Obviously, the quarterback is always going to be the most important player on offense, on your team, probably in sports, to be quite honest with you. I'm not sure that there is a position more important than quarterback, but this offensive line for the Rams this past season, I felt like had a very solid rebound of a season. You look back to their performance in 2019, and obviously they were not very good. It felt like they took a major step back from 2018 going into 2019. And the offense didn't play as well. The team didn't win as many games. They went 9-7, and missed the playoffs, obviously. And the running game was ultimately terrible. And so, you know, going into this season here, the offensive line was still a big question mark. You had a lot of question marks from guys like Andrew Whitworth going up there in age. The guard situation at left guard and right guard, you didn't know whether David Edwards or Joe Noteboom or Austin Corbett were going to be quality starters or who was even going to start. Austin Blythe returning at center on a one-year deal. And then right tackle Rob Havenstein, who has had some very good years in the NFL and has had some very bad years in the NFL, like 2019 was a down year for him. And so entering this season was obviously a big question mark. But again, I did mention that this group did a great job rebounding. And I thought they were a large reason why the offense ultimately could do, you know, what they could do this season. I thought they were a lot more productive. Obviously, the ground game was a lot better. You've seen a lot of success from guys like Daryl Henderson and Kay Makers, who look to be one of the best duos at running back in football. And it's not a mistake and it's not a coincidence that the offensive line played better and these guys suddenly had more holes to run through than a guy like Todd Gurley did in 2019. Now, you know, I do think both of these guys are more explosive than Todd Gurley is at this point in his career. But again, you know, the offensive line is going to make that guy's job, aka the running back, a lot easier or a lot more difficult depending on how they block, and they did a significantly better job this season, in my opinion, as run blockers. Now, they're not getting paid to run block. The number one goal of these guys and their job description is going to be to protect the quarterback. That's ultimately what they have to do, and I'm glad that we have the numbers here from Pro Football Focus to help paint a picture here just to describe how well these guys actually performed this past season. Now, Andrew Wayworth, it all begins with that left tackle spot, the blindside guy, 
you know, the most important player on that offensive line, pretty much on any offensive line, at least when your quarterback is right-handed. He was absolutely dominant this season. I don't know how this guy continues to just get better with age. He graded out amazingly at Pro Football Focus in pass protection statistics. He only allowed six total pressures on the season, not a single sack, and ranked first among the offensive linemen in pass blocking efficiency with a 99.1. He was one of the top five tackles in football this season. I don't know how this dude just defies age year after year, but he's an elite player. I'm expecting him to return this offseason and going into next season. It seems like he's going to come back. And ultimately, I don't think the Rams are going to have any issues with Whitworth. As of right now, he looks like he's still capable of playing at an elite level. Now, he did suffer some injury stuff in the middle of the season last year and, you know, missed like six or seven weeks, the final six or seven weeks of the season. But he came back in the playoffs and again, he looked solid. And this is a guy I wouldn't bet against. So, you know, his age is getting up there and the Rams are going to need to find a way to find his successor eventually, maybe even in this upcoming draft class. But as of right now, he's still elite and I still feel great about his ability to perform specifically going into this season, which may ultimately turn out to be his last. Moving on from Whitworth, ironically enough, the next two highest rated players in pass blocking efficiency were right guard Austin Corbett and left guard David Edwards. Corbett had a 98.0 and Edwards a 97.9. Now, Corbett allowed 24 pressures this season and Edwards 22, and they both graded out about average to below average according to Pro Football Focus, and I think that makes sense. They were probably the weakest links on the offensive line, at least among the starting linemen. You know, the guard spots were not really heavily invested into by the Rams. They did trade a day three pick for Austin Corbett after a failed stint with the Cleveland Browns, and David Edwards himself was a day three pick for the Los Angeles Rams. So, you know, you can't really expect a ton out of these guys. I do think that, you know, they stepped up in a way that allowed the Rams to actually plug them in and mask a lot of their weaknesses. But again, I could see a clear path to the Rams finding a way to upgrade on both of these guys. And they did allow a combined four sacks, one from Corbett and three from Edwards. So there is definitely room for improvement there. The last two starting offensive linemen for the Rams were right tackle Rob Havenstein, who allowed 27 pressures this season and four sacks, and Austin Blythe, who allowed 29 pressures and four sacks. And Havenstein had a 97.6 pass blocking efficiency rating, and Austin Blythe had a 97.4 pass block efficiency rating. So you know, both of these guys were about average. I felt like Blythe was a little bit worse and his grade turned out to be a little bit worse than Havenstein's. Havenstein actually had a very nice rebound season and ranked somewhere in the top 10, top 15 tackles in the NFL, which is always ideal when you have good bookend tackles like Whitworth and Havenstein. They're going to allow you to do a lot in terms of sliding your protections and things of that nature. And they were both very good this season. I felt like Austin Blythe is the one question mark. You know, he was the lowest graded offensive lineman among the starters for the Rams and he is a free agent here in a few weeks so you know I could see the Rams ultimately choosing to move on from him he is also nearing that 30 year old mark I think he's going to be playing this season at 30 years old so the Rams could look to actually get younger and try to improve that spot kind of killing two birds with one stone and ultimately I think that might make the most sense of anything that they could do coming into this offseason when it comes to their draft picks but That's going to be up to the Rams to make that decision. And I think that we could ultimately see them go in a different direction and try to get a younger piece at that center spot. The last lineman I want to talk about is Joseph Nopum, who started at left guard, hurt his calf in week two against the Philadelphia Eagles, was knocked out for a while, and then came back and eventually had to start at left tackle to replace the injured Whitworth. And 
Noboom was very confusing because at guard, he was terrible. And at tackle, he was actually very solid. He allowed 21 total pressures this season, only two sacks on the season, and had a pass blocking efficiency of 96.9. So that was actually the lowest among the offensive linemen. But again, it was a tale of two stories for him. At guard, no gusto. He is not a guard. I think that's clear as day after that little experiment that we've seen this season. But he may have a future as a swing tackle or as a low-end, maybe even medium-range tackle at some point in his career. So that's good. And ultimately, the Rams could view him as the replacement tackle and the future successor at that left tackle spot when Whitworth does decide to hang up the cleats and move on from his playing days. In the next segment, we're going to talk about the other side of the ball, and we're going to highlight a free agent that I think would make a ton of sense and would be a home run addition for the Los Angeles Rams if he finds his way onto the free agent market. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't start? Well, you should absolutely check out rockauto.com for your service needs. They are a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. There is not a better time than right now to support a family-owned business, and I think we all know that with these strange COVID-related times that we're living in. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and are looking for reliably low prices, you absolutely need to check out Rock Auto. Go to their website, check out all of their available parts. It's a never-ending list, and if your car needs it, they've probably got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. February's Black History Month in the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the second segment of this Thursday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for sticking around with me and listening to this second segment of this episode to find out which player I'm going to highlight as a potential free agent addition for the Los Angeles Rams. This is a report from ESPN's Dan Graziano. He said, the Denver Broncos are very likely to actually move on from Von Miller, the edge rusher that they've had there for about a decade now. One of the most dominant edge rushers in football. Now, he didn't play this past season. He had some off-the-field issues. I believe he also tore his Achilles. It might have been an Achilles or an ACL. And that is definitely an issue with Von Miller when it comes to his career. He does have a boatload, it feels like, of serious injuries, talking about Achilles and ACLs and things of that nature, explosion-sapping injuries. So that's obviously a worry, especially when you consider the edge position being one that relies heavily on the explosive abilities of an athlete. But, you know, Von Miller is not a guy that I would bet against. And ultimately... I can understand why the Broncos may want to move on when you consider the price tag, which is obviously very expensive. And not only that, but I just mentioned it, the off-field issues. We don't really know how everything is going to shake out. Uh, It seems like a weird situation between him and his baby moms or whatever it is. And it's been a quiet situation. They haven't really talked about much. And I believe it's been hush-hush for like four or five months at this point, which is a little bit weird. So we don't know if the NFL is going to suspend him or if there's going to be any kind of conduct penalty or what the case may be really so that's a big question mark obviously going into the free agent aspect of it though if von miller does find his way into free agency to me he would immediately launch to the first spot in my free agent wish list when you consider the rams and their needs they're likely to lose leonard floyd in free agency 
a great player, but I don't think the Rams are in a position to really hand him a long-term deal that he's probably going to want from somebody and that he's probably going to get after the dominant season he just had with the Rams. He leaves a little bit to be desired as a pass rusher. He's just not a great pass rusher, but he was such a good run defender and he was such a good fit for the defense. Now, the Rams are likely going to have to find somebody to replace that, and they could choose to just stick with the guys that they have in their roster, but they don't really have anyone established. They don't really have much depth there. They don't really have any starting talent there, in my opinion. And that would pretty much lend me to look into the free agent market where, you know, there's going to be like 10, 11, 12 quality edge rushers available. And while that's a good thing, it's going to likely drive the prices down for some other players. And again, that's a situation that the Rams can take advantage of and capitalize on because one, not everyone is going to be able to get paid. And two, they are one of the teams that are likely to be in the race here for a Super Bowl title. And, you know, a guy like Von Miller, he's had all the money in the career. He's been to a Super Bowl. He actually has a Super Bowl ring, but I'm sure he'd love to get a chance to fight for another. He is nearing somewhere the end of his career. I would say he's already past 30. So, you know, this is a guy that likely wants to play meaningful football games, probably wants to get to the playoffs, probably wants a shot to get back into the Super Bowl. And I think the Rams obviously offer that opportunity for him. Not only that, but you get to play next to the best player in football in Aaron Donald. I think Von Miller would absolutely treasure that opportunity. I think it would make him a lot better as a player. I think it would make Aaron Donald better as a player. I could see that duo combining for, you know, nearly 35, maybe even 38 sacks on a season. Like that would be an insanely dominant duo to have on the same defensive line. When you look at the PFF numbers, since 2011, when Von Miller came into the league, he leads the NFL in sacks with 106 and in total pressures with 640. He also ranks fifth in win percentage as a pass rusher at 18.7%, first in pressure percentage at 16.9%, and first in pass rush productivity at 9.9 since 2011. And all of these are filtered with a 1500 snap minimum. So I excluded all these small sample sizes, but it really paints a picture as to how dominant Von Miller is as a pass rusher. Like this is a dude that was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald, you know, not as good probably, but like I'm talking one of the best edge rushers that the NFL has ever seen. So dominant year after year. I think that he would really relish the opportunity to come play in LA. Anyone would love to come play in LA. Let's be serious. You get to play next to Aaron Donald you get to ring chase, you get to play in California where it's pretty damn nice. But again, it's really going to require some sort of give and take here. If Von Miller wants to play for the Rams, he's probably going to have to leave a little bit of money on the table. And you know, ultimately, some guys don't want to do that and aren't interested in doing that. And that's totally their right. But at the end of the day, Von Miller seems like a guy that would want to actually play some meaningful football right now. He's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of success, personal success, but I think that he could really state his case and run up some of those numbers with an opportunity like this. You go to LA, I mean, I don't see how Von Miller doesn't rebound into that 10, 12, 15 sack guy that we all know and love. Obviously, there are issues with the off-field stuff, the salary cap issues for the Rams, the injury issues with Von Miller. He just missed a whole season. He's missed whole seasons in the past. So that's all stuff to be concerned about. But at the end of the day, I think... The positives far outweigh the negatives. I think it's a risk worth taking, in my opinion. I think it would make the Rams a lot better. I believe that it would make Von Miller a lot better. And I would absolutely love to see that duo work between Miller and Aaron Donald. 
that would be one of the funnest duos you could ever imagine. One of the most dominant duos I think that you would ever see in NFL history. And I mentioned the same thing with J.J. Watt a few episodes ago. But to me, I think Von Miller would actually leap J.J. Watt in terms of the free agent wish list when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams and that edge rusher position, which is pretty bare. Talking about a bare edge rusher position in the next segment and in our final segment, we're going to go over Kyle Krabs' three-round mock draft over from the draftnetwork.com and make sure to keep checking back in with us specifically on Friday for our Fan Mail Friday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast where I answer your questions that you guys submitted. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Thursdays on Locked On NFL are a must-listen as Ryan Tracy and Jake Lisko break down teams across the NFL from an analytics and team-building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Thursday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. I appreciate you guys for sticking around this long with me and making it to the final segment here. I did mention before the break that we're going to dive into a three-round mock draft from my co-worker Kyle Krabs, who hosts the Locked On Dolphins podcast and is also a draft analyst over at the Draft Network. He recently published a three-round mock draft and. We do know by now, I'm sure, that the Rams don't have a first-round draft pick. Their first pick comes at number 57 in the second round, and that is simply due to the Jalen Ramsey trade. And I think most people are pretty satisfied with not having a first-round pick when you consider the dominance of Jalen Ramsey and just how great he was for the Rams this season and even going back to 2019, the eight games that the Rams had him in then. Clearly, the Rams are not a team that values those first-round picks probably, as much as you know, certain other teams do, especially when you're picking in the back end of the first. It's a lot more flexibility to get rid of those picks and go get established guys. And that's what the Rams have done. But that's enough talk about that. They're not likely to trade up. I think they're way more likely to actually trade back. But it seems like Kyle just stuck with the regular picks here. No trades, it seems. And with that 57th pick, the very first pick for the Rams, he went with Alabama tackle slash guard Alex Leatherwood. And I'm intrigued by this pick. You know, the Rams have an opportunity to really reinvest in that offensive line in this draft. I feel like this draft class is very deep when it comes to the offensive line, specifically at the tackle spots. The interior is a little bit more shaky, but the tackle spots, I could see as many as five, maybe six tackles go in the first round. That's how deep this class is. And I think in most years, Leatherwood is a guy that would typically go in the first round, maybe At the very high second round, teams trying to trade up to go get that number 33 pick and get a guy like Leatherwood. But again, you know, the depth of this class is likely going to push him down. And that's only a good thing for the Rams who could be looking for an heir apparent to Whitworth at left tackle or could choose to kick Leatherwood inside to guard and just let him, you know, dominate inside there. That's up to them. But I'm looking at the PFF draft guide right now to help break down this pick And I'm telling you, this resource is absolutely unreal. It shows you everything you need to know. And Leatherwood graded out pretty well for the Crimson Tide in 2020. He had an 80.7 overall PFF grade. He did allow three sacks, but over the course of three seasons, he only allowed five total sacks in his career and nine total hits. So that's pretty good when you consider everything that 
a tackle has to go through specifically in pass protection. You know, his projection here from lead draft analyst Mike Renner, my co-worker, he said he's projected as a second-round pick, so good value for the Rams. And his quote was, Leatherwood doesn't have quite the athleticism you'd want from a top-tier tackle, but he makes up for it with length and strength. And that is a good thing. And obviously, that sounds like a guy who's more technically refined and probably doesn't have the same ceiling that certain guys do, but probably has a little bit higher of a floor when it comes to somebody you can trust and somebody you can just plug into and kind of let them man that spot for many years to come and not really expect any tremendous performances, but no stinkers either. With the next pick at pick number 100, Kyle went with Michigan linebacker Cameron McGrone. Now, I don't really know much about McGrone. I haven't watched him, but looking at this draft guide, it does paint an interesting picture of who this guy is as a player. Renner does have him comped to Malik Jefferson, the former Texas Longhorns linebacker that was drafted, I believe, by the Cincinnati Bengals many years ago. I want to say in the third round. And it's very interesting here because his biggest strength is listed as range and his biggest weakness is ball production. So that is fascinating. When you look at his grades, not great. 2019, 69.1, 2020 with a 58.9. That's obviously not ideal. But when you look at the description of who McGrown is as a player, he talks about certain pros and cons being superb form tackler, gets low and drives through midsection, didn't miss one tackle this year. He's still very young. He's only 20 years old and only has two years of starting experience. Range is his calling card. He can shut down a wide running game on his own. And the quote about him is that McGrone is a speedy downhill player who needs some development. It sounds like he could fit the mold of a guy in the NFL in this day and age. I mean, linebackers need to be able to move And if he has enough range, he could probably spot drop in zone coverage. And a lot of teams are doing that these days. You need your linebackers to be able to spot drop in certain zones and make plays on the ball. Now, that is one area where McGrone is obviously going to need to improve because that is listed as his biggest weakness. And he didn't actually have any pass deflections, I believe, or interceptions in his entire college career over the span of two years, I believe, as a starter and three years total. So that's not ideal. But again, this is a guy that is intriguing, especially when you consider the weakness for the Rams at the inside linebacker spot. They started Micah Kaiser for a bunch of games last year, a little bit of Troy Reader, who is a former undrafted free agent, and then Kenny Young, the guy that they acquired from the Marcus Peters trade with the Baltimore Ravens. So not exactly an established position for the Rams, not exactly any established players either. And I could see a guy like McGrone actually coming in and finding a role immediately as a rookie. He probably won't start specifically if he's a late third you know, fourth round draft pick, which is where Mike Renner has him projected here in the fourth round. But again, the Rams don't exactly have any established starters either. And your ability to stop the pass is going to be key in the NFL in 2020. And if McGrone can help do that, I could definitely see him finding a way onto the field relatively early for the Rams. With the final pick at number 103, Kyle selected Josh Myers, the interior offensive lineman from Ohio State for the Rams. And this just seems like a logical connection. I do really like the fact that he doubled down on the offensive line for the Rams. I think more teams should definitely look into investing into their offensive line. And if the Rams can come away with two starting offensive linemen from one draft class, that gets an A plus from me. Now, looking at this pick, I don't love what I'm reading from this draft guide on Myers. He is projected as a fifth round pick, according to Michael Renner. He said that Myers' consistent issues in pass protection are too worrisome to ignore in favor of his high-end athleticism. Now, he did allow only six sacks over the past two seasons and a total of 19 hurries in the last three years. 
So that isn't terrible, but one thing I think that really stands out when I read that quote is Myers is probably not a finished product right now. I mean, no draft prospect is, but Aaron Cromer, the offensive line coach for the Rams, would probably love to get his hands on a guy like this. If you can get a very talented player in the door and let Cromer, who is one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL, try and mold him. I mean, he's done a great job molding certain guys. You look at Rob Havenstein, David Edwards, who was a day three pick. He probably shouldn't be starting for anybody. Bobby Evans, who probably shouldn't be starting for anybody. Austin Corbett, who really stunk it up in Cleveland, is now a starting caliber player for the Rams. Austin Blythe, who the Colts released and put on waivers for absolutely nothing. And the Rams picked him up for absolutely nothing and turned him into a starting quality center. So it's clear that Cromer knows what he's doing. He's obviously very good at his job. He produces some incredible offensive lines. We've seen him take Roger Saffold from an average to above average player to an absolute stud, an elite left guard in football. And that's why he went to the Tennessee Titans and got paid. So Cromer is a guy that I would trust to develop a player like Myers. Now, I haven't seen Myers personally, so I can't exactly share my opinion of you know, where I think he wins, where I think he struggles, but his grades aren't great. But I do really love the idea of doubling down at the center position. I've talked about it many times. The center position is important. It's going to help your running game. It's going to help your passing game. It's going to help extend the career and ultimately the durability issues for a guy like quarterback Matthew Stafford. You want him to be upright and as safe as possible and not struggle with any more injuries because he has dealt with many over the course of his career. And the better your offensive line is, the better shot you have to actually do all of these things at a high level and specifically help power a high-powered offense that could lead to one of the better offenses in football in 2021. That is all we got for you on this Thursday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast. I appreciate you guys for making it to the end with me and sticking around. Make sure to check back on Friday when I host the Fan Mail Friday edition of the Locked on Rams pod. I'm going to answer the questions you guys sent in to me. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more. 